Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening is the Dwarven DM himself, John Christian. Hello, everyone. The Dapper DM, Troy Sandlin. Greetings, all. Okay, good, thank you. Oh, damn it. I shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got uh, Ed from Skeleton Key Games. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for hopping on. Yeah, you bet. Thanks so much. Uh, so, Ed, this is going to be an episode all about you, if you're comfy with that. Um, I love me, so excellent. this is going to work out. Excellent. You're in good company. Uh, this is this is going to be a good one. Um, Ed, I know that John, John first met you, and Troy first met you, really, um, tonight. Um, <laughs> right. Just, just a few minutes ago. Um, I met you at... Uh, game hole con we had a booth kind of across the way from each other there um but i'm going to assume that many of our listeners aren't going to know you either um so would you mind kind of kicking us off with a little intro about yourself sure um my name's ed burrell um uh i I started a company called skeleton key games um actually in 2001 um i was doing a lot of freelance uh actually cartography in the RPG industry. Um, it's kind of for the, I, I, I was one of like the, the main cartographers for like third edition, non Wizards of the Coast, mm. D&D stuff. Um, tons of it. Um, I like, I worked full time. Um, I, I think I probably worked on 300 plus titles in seven years. <laughs> um, so I literally met everybody in the RPG industry, or, or a large chunk of them, right? Uh, but in the meantime, I, I launched the company with a um, these. Uh, initially, it was called Magnetic Adventure Tiles. They were these magnets that made, you know, your maps. Because I, I had sat down with the third edition player's handbook, and I was like, "Oh wow, you know, you finally, you know, you're playing D and D with miniatures. I love miniatures, um, but." I was like, but there's literally no products to use your miniatures on. They're like, use a one-inch grid. I'm like, that's boring. Anyway, so I, I, I made these magnetic tiles. I had no clue what I was doing. I scraped together a bunch of money. I got three sets made and manufactured. I got a 1,000 of each of them done. I showed up at Origins in 2001 with a booth and like you know and uh, all excited when it was critically um successful but commercially it was a big failure Mm. but the crazy outcome from that was that i was suddenly part of the game industry and i'm like i literally had people approach me and are like oh yeah your textures are great and your maps are great you know do you do contract work and i'm like I do. Sure. Well, like, why not? Okay. Yeah. I do contract work. I'm great at it. Um, you know, so I just kind of like, okay. And, and like literally the next thing I knew, I went from working in a graphic design firm to six months later, full-time freelance contract artist in the RPG industry. Just sort of like that. Awesome. That's cool. Anyway. So lots of, Lots of lots of um, freelance for many years, 
And then um, in 2009, I joined Privateer Press, um, working on the Iron Kingdom stuff, War Machine, uh, everything. Um, I was a project manager there and got bumped up to creative director um, over most of their properties, actually. Um, but working with an amazing team there. Um, but I, and I, I, like I said, I already said, love miniatures. Uh, we were mm -hmm. talking earlier, like, I'm really, really into Necromunda right now. But I totally missed my RPG roots. Uh, so about four, five, five years ago almost, I think five years in February, uh, I left Privateer, went back out on my own, and started doing Skeleton Key again. So Skeleton Key had been there the whole time I was at Privateer, but it was very small. Uh, so I just decided to breathe life back into it, but I had to kind of reconnect with the, the RPG uh, people, right? Um, so that took a little while. But I just kind of started with, uh, I came up with this uh, idea, because I, I, I try to, when I create a product, I try to look at what, where is there a void, I guess. <clears throat> and so for me, the, the first one that I came up with was like, what can I do? all by myself right so i can't be super in-depth technical writing like i'm a good writer but i'm a slow writer mm -hmm. it has to be very art focused or whatever and and i kept seeing all these kickstarters and booths at cons and stuff for like campaign coins right like faux rpg coins right and i'm like okay mm -hmm. well i can make some you know tabletop game props right what can i do and so <clears throat> flipping through the player's handbook hit the spell section and I'm like bing bing right like in in the game there are scrolls of magic spells right and so I'm like I can do artistic interpretations of thousands of spells if if I need to go that far right <clears throat> so um <clears throat> I messed around and I uh came up with a process to create them where they're all hand finished and slightly unique but still printed right mm -hmm. and so i just did a um kickstarter does like the make 100 thing every january and so i just ran a limited edition a single scroll i called it the scroll of eldritch convocation i figured you know go in for the cthulhu fans mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i i got 62 backers right and you know not 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 huge right but but i proved that I could do it because then I had to actually make the scrolls, right? Mm -hmm. And so I mm -hmm. designed them, printed them. Um, it's all like, all the edges are hand torn. I'll find some examples. Um, they're weathered and then like kind of hand finished with metallic paints and stuff. Hmm. So it worked. <clears throat> so then I, you know, I wanted to target the, the, the actual game, tabletop gamers. So I did um, one that was, you know, Arcane Scroll Works was what I, decided to call the brand and uh i did first just focused on first level spells and um it was doing really good right like it funded it was you know didn't take a lot to fund i was just doing like eight spells and then i added so with stretch goals it ended up being 12. but long story short um a uh an awesome journalist named rob wyland um he might have stopped by the booth at at yeah. uh, at the convention uh, Gamehole Con, but he got an article about us during our Kickstarter on Geek and Sundry. Um, and it was like the 
the, the article of the day. It was the most popular article that day. I was like my Kickstarter for being very small, right? It was like $12,000 in 90 minutes. Oh, like it just geez. exploded, right? You know, because I was like, we're at $1,200. We're funded. And then it was like, kaboom. And we <laughs> came just shy of $40,000 by the end of that Kickstarter. I was like, all right, so this is, we can, we can do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I've gone on now, um, right before Game Hole Con, the Kickstarter for fifth and sixth level scrolls wrapped up. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is kind of what I'm actively working on right now. Um, but in the meantime, we've done some other stuff. Um, we've done some NPC creation cards called Dossier Decks. We did, uh, we used the, uh, the third party uh, Mjorkborg license to do a, a product called the Masticator Gate and the Endless Demon Deck. And right now I'm just kind of, I, I kind of decided to talk to my wife about it to set up my life where I can be like, this sounds like fun. I'm going to do it. And as long as it can pay my bills, then I can just do whatever I want. Mm. Uh, so that's what I do. And so far <laughs> it's working out all right. I'm, it's working you know, out. I can pay my bills, get money in my IRA. That That's it. <laughs> well, Cool. All right. Well, that, there's a lot of things to jump off with there. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, okay. One thing about our show is that we are obsessed, obsessed with Kickstarter. Um, uh, we're the show that costs you money, even though we're a free podcast. Mm. Um, and <laughs> you brought up Make 100, which is a conversation we haven't had on this show before. And I'm curious, we've never had a creator on that's talked about doing it. Um Give us a rundown of your experience with Make 100, what it is, and is it something that you enjoy still, or would you ever do it again? And and what's the per ideal product in your mind for something like that? Well, so I actually have a project that I want to do for it. Um, it. So I did it because, I did it specifically because I was doing a test. I wanted to see if I could do this. And make 100 only let me make 100 of them. So, like, it, no matter how gangbusters it went, I wasn't shooting myself in the foot, right? Like, at best, I, you know, I sat down, I did it, okay. I was like, I did one of these, I can do 100. Um, because those were actually f more in-depth than the current scrolls. There was a lot more to them. Mm -hmm. But, <clears throat> so the ideal project, in my opinion, for Make 100 um, is something that you have a high tier um, that there are 100 of, but honestly, you can sell more of something else. Um, because at this point, I can get 100 backers in an hour, right? Like I have people that like me enough. I have enough, but not now. I can't, I don't know if I can do 200 backers, you know, through the course of an entire campaign. Sometimes I get nervous halfway through and I'm like, okay, well, cause my, <laughs> you know, I usually get my biggest one's been like 800 backers and change. And my smallest one has been 62. So, um, but let me share my idea. Sure. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Sweet. Where's that? All right. So in the masticator gate, um, when I was playtesting it, um, so the Masticator Gates, our mirror board campaign, um, I ended up as a thank you and as art for the book, I did artwork of all the playtesters 
dead. Awesome. <laughs> so, so if you if you end up looking in the book, these are the playtesters. I killed hmm. them all. And so I want to do a Make 100 campaign called um, Kill All Backers. Uh, and, and what it is is for a premium price. So like for $200, I will kill you. I will do a, uh, I, I will do a piece of art of you dead. Um, but then I'm going to do a deck of cards that has an unlimited run that is that deck of 100 so it'd be like the deck of 100 dead bodies right and so you'd see the dead person and then you'd there maybe there'd be a little table of what you find on them or something like that right but so it's and, and you know and if i don't get 100 backers that want to pay the premium whatever i'll just kill my friends <clears throat> but and, and for, for that money you get the original piece of art like it's published in the deck and you get the piece of art and so while I can get 100 people in at a high level and the make 100 as I'm making portraits of 100 dead backers, um, I still have a product that I can sell 10,000 of it if I can get the traction. Mm -hmm. Right on. I like that. Um, that's, that's so, pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, that's so, so, so with, when you say you get the product, the high-end product that is the 100, and then you do the quantity of other thing. That quantity of other thing is then sold on other Kickstarters or other projects or online or whatnot, right? Or do you have a vision of including that as part of the Make 100? Can you do that as like a lower tier? I, I believe you can do that as a lower tier. So the 100 is the your portrait and the deck. But then you have a, a you know, just the whatever the $19 tier that is, I send you a deck of cards and the $10 tier that is, I send you a PDF of that deck of cards. Hmm. Right um, I, I, and I believe because I, well, because I, because I've seen people do it before. So unless they've changed the rules, that totally works. So the make 100 is really like in your mind and it makes sense, right? It's for those products that are like, one-off, one-of-a-kind. You wouldn't want to make, you know, hypothetically a standard zine or a standard book and just promise to make a hundred of them. Um, no, but you could do you could do a standard zine and you could do 100 um, special edition covers. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I believe that that is doable within that, um, that setup right um or it might have to be a little more special than that but whatever like special edition cover signed and whatever the artist paints the eyes in or something right on interesting <laughs> okay. or we use real eyes whatever no oh, yes there you go exactly genuine <laughs> genuine eyes <clears throat> so john you were um we were having a conversation before uh we went live here about these arcane scrolls and this mm. uh, Borg product. Um, and you're one of our art guys here on the stream. You always bring that up. So you said you had thoughts. So I'm going to give you some opportunity here. Yeah, so for, for me, uh, first of all, I love the idea. I like handouts, something that's tactile, that's connected, oh, yeah. that somebody can glom onto in the middle of a game of any session at all, right? Whether it's 
you know, uh, a, a photograph of like a crime scene or something like that. If you're able to put something like that together th- for whatever, right? It's funny that you, or it's interesting that you chose scrolls because one of the things that I'd created for my uh, player characters or my players a, a while back, this is like 10 years ago, was an actual <laughs> grimoire and uh, did the same, you know, uh, I didn't, it wasn't all hand drawn, right? It was all in, uh, in like some, like a, and Corel or Illustrator and found a sure. bunch of uh, like a slew of different fonts and put together similar kind of like the similar thing, like pages of a grimoire that they could actually flip through and that there would be bits and pieces of uh, kind of like things that would telegraph what was going to end up having happening in the session to come. Right. It was kind of right. like it, kind of, it foretold of things that would happen later on that they that were inevitable or that they could try to circumnavigate. And so I love I love this. I love uh, and it's I think it's really smart to use something that's that's in it's kind of already in the mind's eye of a lot of people. Right. Like whether it's Cone of Cold, you know, Wall of Ice. Right. You know, the, like, like the whether it's Cantrip's first level spell or not really Cantrip's, I guess, but first level spells and, and on. Um, and I really like it. It's not. It's not overly. Uh, I'm l- looking at the ones that you've got now. These are not overly produced. You know what I mean? Like they. They, they don't look. There's. It's not over. It's not too busy. And it looks like right. something that you're using a lot of like X or uh, um, inks that are that are very. Um, they're very, like almost earthy uh, in in mm-hmm. in tone. I guess the for lack of a better way of, of saying it, they're not really. They're not neon. Big big uh, big greens and yellows and reds and things like that. And so it, it gives it, it puts it more weights it more in reality. Mm-hmm. Right, it's where it looks a little and it looks like uh, you kind of dirty it up a little bit and you add the. I see where you like you've torn the edges when you're talking about where you hand finish a lot of them. You're tearing yeah. the edges and cre- making sure that they're frayed and stuff like that too. I really like it. I like the aesthetic. It's it's really good. Thank really you. smart. Yeah, um, like when I when I introduce people to them, one of the things I tell them is, it's an actual language. So all the rune work on there, it, it is there is a cipher. It can be translated. Nice. Um, I have never released that cipher, and I presently have no intention to. I do have people who have who have translated it, and I've actually been contacted on the I believe it was the Mage Armor Scroll to be told that. There was a typo. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, awesome. I was like, "Hey, wizards aren't perfect. May, you know, maybe it has some kind of really bad error when you cast it off that scroll because of that typo." Yeah, I like um, it. But <clears throat> yeah, the, so the symbols all have meanings within my like little design work. So like there, it, there are certain things when I read read a spell that have to be on that scroll. So then I have mm-hmm. to work the design around incorporating those symbols. That's awesome. Yeah, I like the idea of, well, I mean, that's some, one thing I don't think a lot of people that are not necessarily like art-minded or that don't 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 create like physical items, right? Like there's there's sure. writing and then there's actually phys- physically producing something. Like it, it goes beyond just like scribbling something down and it looks cool. A lot of the times, most of the people that I've worked with that are like for yourself with cartography or for cartography in particular, right? Where you've had to be very deliberate and very specific about where the mountains are placed and where the forests are placed and, and where, where does the ocean meet the sand, so to speak, to where it makes the most sense uh, or because it can kind of look cool. But after a while on for, uh, repeated views, people are going to start asking questions that are kind of hard to answer. So you have to really think things through like that. And so for this, it's I like the idea that you've it's 
not entirely surprising that you've put this much thought into it outside of just making sure that it looks cool, that it's actually functional in its own way. You know, like there's Thanks. a story behind every single page that you've put together. I'm not surprised by that level of, of, uh, of, uh, of detail in it, but I love that. I love the fact that you've got a secret cipher that you're the, the, uh, the nerd followers out there have, uh, have, uh, decrypted. And yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I, yeah, after I ran the first level one, somebody was like, I think in all the first level spells, there was no Q. And they were like, what's the Q look like? What's the Q look like? I'm like, well, maybe it'll turn up in level two. We'll find out. <laughs> maybe it's the brown uh, note of letters. You don't you right? can't put the Q out there. You don't want, you don't want that. You don't want the Q. But, like, <clears throat> but like, you know, some of the, some of the, um, some of my glyphs represent multiple letters, letter mm. groups, right? Like, so SP, and then there's a repeater glyph. So if there's ever a, ever a double vowel, it'll just be that vowel and a second symbol that means mm. repeat the vowel that came before it. Nice. And then there's a different symbol for consonants. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a chore to sort of translate it so that I know what to put on the scroll. I have to, it's not just like A, B, C, D swap all the time. Yeah. I feel like this why I made it so complicated on myself. I don't know, but it just, cause I, I mean, like it. I enjoy it. Why? Exactly. Because it goes beyond just like, again, making something that looks cool. You, you know more about it than anybody else does. It goes beyond what somebody just sees on the page. Yeah. It's you, it's the yeah. it's the story and the the creative like it's just another outpouring of creativity. I love it. I mean that's mo most if not all of the like the physical creators that I know are like that with the stuff that they produce where there's like there's more to it than you can even imagine, right? There's I've spent as many like as many hours thinking of how I would put this thing together as I did put like I, sh I should say as many but like 10 times as many hours, right? Or 10 times as long. Right thinking about it as I did before I actually started putting ink to paper or started painting or drawing or anything like that at all. I, I can't quite write the script yet, like blindly. Um, so I do still need my reference. I know like I can, uh, I can almost read it. Like I, I, I get hung up sometimes, but that started getting creepy around when I was doing the third level one. And I was like, Oh God, I can read this. Like, um, Is that whenever you start, you can see forever at that yeah. point, your eyes, your pupils dilate. And you can, no. you can see eternity. I don't, I don't think seeing sliding. eternity is going to happen here. <laughs> My glasses keep getting thicker and thicker. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, let's, I, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, let's shift over for a minute here. Uh, but while we're still talking art and let's uh, also talk about your, uh, Mjurkborg Masticator Gate product. Um, okay. This is a system that we've, I don't know, has it came up in every episode for the last six episodes? Fellas? I'd say pretty it's much. pretty consistent, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the new fascination, at least, at least in our circles. And um, it seems like every product that comes out for the system is unique, like intentionally unique. Um, whether the formatting or the, the, the shape of the thing or what it's doing with the language or the presentation, like everything is right. bizarre. Um, what is bizarre about Masticator Gate? What's bizarre about Masticator Gate? All right. Well, uh, so 
I'm trying to remember how I started with the whole concept and I honestly can't. It was very organic, right? Because when I started, literally when I did the Kickstarter, I only figured out what it was halfway through the Kickstarter. Um, my friend, they announced the third party license and my friend Philip Reed, who is one of the people making all these crazy shapes, um, and I talked and we were like, let's run simultaneous York board Kickstarters, right? Hmm. I'm like, sure, let's do it. I was like, I'll write a campaign. Um, uh, and I did and I totally made it insane um, so anyway but I had this idea where um, when I was a kid there's this cool toy called oh gosh what was it called the um, Mighty Men and Monster Maker yes. so it was these plastic plates that you put down um, and then you put a sheet of paper over it and you rubbed a crayon sideways and it made like a picture of a monster Mm -hmm. Right? So I was like, I want to do that for a game. So let's see, I got a thing here. I don't know how well show and tell will work. Um, but so I created this thing called the Endless Demon Deck. And so the Endless Demon Deck is it's a deck of cards hmm. um, that has sort of three sub-decks to it. And so you will draw a head card. That's backwards to me. Is it backwards to everybody else? Nope, you're good. Okay. Um, and then you can draw the second card, right? And so this would make your demon the screeching head lopper. And then there's mm -hmm. even a third card you can add to it, which will give it like a, a companion or a guardian or something. But it gives you all the game stats and makes the monster all out of one deck. That's freaking genius. Yeah, and for so my, are, my for those that are listening at at, at home and may not be able to they may not translate visually the the cards stack one on top of the other so one card the top card serves as the head the top the middle acts as like a torso midsection torso. and then you got a legs and feet and they fit or together. tentacles and they right? fit together and actually and they, have they the stack picture. on top of one another to actually create yes, it, the the creature yeah i love yeah that. it makes the illustration the stats uh, any special like abilities or layer effects um, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I wanted to, so that every, so the adventure, the Masticator Gate, had, it's or the campaign, it's three linked adventures, and you draw the main bad guy for each adventure out of the Endless Demon deck. So every playgroup is going to have a slightly different experience, because not only does that affect the big bad guy, but that bottom card usually tells you that it has a companion and what that companion is. And then in the adventure, it'll say, this is where you encounter the companion, mm -hmm. right? So it will switch things up. Uh, so that was one thing we did. And then another thing that I did, I've got the book here. I don't know if everybody will be able to see it. Yeah. Um, the, the actual original art. Okay, so this is a, kind of a sad story. I'm working on it. the original art back there. I sold that during the Kickstarter. I got paid for it. Like somebody bought that piece of art and I cannot get in touch with the person that bought it. So if you purchase the original art for the cover to the Masticator Gate, please get in touch with me through the Kickstarter link so I can sh ship you your art. You paid for it. Like let's let's get this let's get, get this transaction done because I'm going to sit on it for a couple more years and I'm going to sell it because I have a lot of art and I don't need it in my house. <laughs> Uh, right. It's been more than a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So 
inside the book. Uh, there are um, situations that'll pop up where you'll have an encounter, right? Like crazy monster cow. But you'll also overlay a card, a card into card. it. Yeah, you, yeah. So you, you draw the, top, the, the head card. Is it only yep. the head card or will you possibly, like, will you have the so, head already in there and you put the torso in? Funny you should ask. <laughs> keep keep in mind, I'm pretty clever. We're about, um, to see it. We're about to see it. So we also have the demonic wretch, which is just a head on a torso. Uh huh. Then we also have we also have the some demons come through the masticator gate. So the masticator gate is chewing up demons and spitting them out. They're reforming in these random forms. That's why this is happening. Um, but, so you might encounter a headless demon. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. It's awesome. Nice. And so you, and yes. you draw from the, mid, the middle of the deck, and yeah, right. you, place, and you place the torso there instead. That's oh, awesome. Oh, that's freaking right. great. Um, so, the, like, those come up in some of the, like, random overland encounters. It'll be like, you encounter a headless demon. What kind of headless demon is it? <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. So... And then you can also just use the deck to just generate a monster for your mirror board game, right? Like, just just draw it out and be like, this is what you fight, right? Because all mm -hmm. the stats are there. So it's also just a, a monster generator. It can be used outside of the campaign. Um, because mm -hmm. the campaign, depending, you can do the, order, the adventures in any order, but the second time, the second adventure, you, like, buff the demon a little bit, right? So that as you advance, that it gets harder. All right. Mm. Awesome. And so there are 36 heads, 36 torsos, 36 bodies, or bottoms? 12, or 12, 12, and 12. 12, 12, and 12. Gotcha, 12, gotcha. 12. Okay. Yep. I'm, I'm debating an expansion deck because it's just fun. Like, doing oh, yeah. doing the art, doing the paintings for those are, is just fun. Well, you got to do the, uh, you got to do the uh, cyborg one and then if, mix and match. Uh, if, there's an, awesome. if there's an open license, I have honestly thought about doing like my my writing partner Lars uh, Lars White on this book, and I were talking about doing a version of it for other systems, right? Like mm -hmm. doing the Masticator Stargate for mothership or something right like just mm. t t totally switch it over and have these you know whatever space cenobites coming through some crazy wormhole that are you know depositing like taking over space stations i don't know it's the great thing is you just make it up and 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 as long as you can make it unique um it'll stand out right mm. and that's 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 always been my goal like i want things to be I want to introduce at least a little bit of something that people have never seen before mm -hmm. or haven't seen since, you know, the early 80s when that toy came out. I well, guess now they do fat fashion Randomized demons yeah. slash monsters. If you got 12 tops, 12 middles, 12 bottoms, that's 1,728 different combinations of creatures that you can create. Yep. That's uh, that's like, and if you and then if you go expansion, it's exponential, right? If you go for another t six or twelve or however many it is, so you're talking about like a with a single product, you can have a near limit, well not limitless obviously, but like a near limitless supply of bad guys that you can produce for your for your yep. campaigns without even and, having to and think so, about it. 
the whole the, that whole concept of putting three cards together um, is actually ripped off from a product we we did previous to that. Um, so I did a I did a product called Dossier Decks. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, those like are cool. these little decks of cards. Like little um, poker but, decks, yeah. Yeah, but instead of um, instead of just like you draw a card and it's an NPC, again, this one breaks up into three 18-card decks um, where you've got... This is probably totally lost on anything, but let's see if I got this right. So you got your appearance card, your trait card, and your story hook card. But they actually, when you draw one of each, they go together and they like make a complete NPC. Right on. So you get your image, cool. you get how they interact. So like the trait card has, they have these like preferences or these prejudices or these grudges. So suddenly you can go up and be, you know, your your characters are like, we need to go talk to the alchemist, and you're like, oh crap, draw out an alchemist and. <laughs> send in the dwarf to find only to find out that they do not like dwarves right or you know whatever right but it just kind of springboards the game master into doing something um and i love the interactive nature of things so the scrolls they're tactile the cards you flip them out to make a thing and, and you get a like a surprise um like, I love that stuff. So mm. so there'll be more of that, probably. Oh, heck yeah. That's cool. It's a very, it's a very, um, I mean this in, in, a, in an actual, hopefully it comes off as a, uh, as a complimentary, but it's a very particular style of play, right? Where, uh, in, a, in a very, um, in some ways, retro style of play where you're discovering things along with the players as the dungeon master where it's not laid out and 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 you know pre pre-assembled for you or you pre-assembled it ahead of time but that's there is that's what i tell people who are like oh i'm a planner i'm like here's my binder of pre-made npcs <laughs> right i picked and chose the ones that i liked right like it can be on the fly it can be pre-planned right it's a tool and you get to choose how to use it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. I could see just I, I could see a product where you could make character generation mm. using something like that. Totally. Oh absolutely, right? Like it it um yeah, honestly you could go pretty deep with that too, because yeah. you know, oh well, my class, my race, my background. Well, this is my stat point by, or that you know, this is my you could do some pretty creative things and actually it would be a fun way to introduce new things, right? So instead of, right, one of the, say, if you're doing D&D, &D, right, one of the backgrounds out of the D&D &D book, you have a whole deck of brand new backgrounds, right? right. Like, oh, well, this is, this is my background. That mm -hmm. would be fun. That would be pretty cool. <clears throat> so uh, let's see. Uh, we, we've gone about... 30, 40 minutes here, and uh, I don't want to take up a ton of your time, but is there something about Ed or Skeleton Key Games that we haven't covered yet that you would like people to know about? Do you have anything upcoming that you want to get the word out about or anything that you're about ready to not just release on Kickstarter, but release out into the full wilds? Well, right now, um, 
my primary focus is delivering the fifth and sixth level Kickstarter scrolls. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's going well, and there's only so many hours a day I can devote to hand creating scrolls before I lose my mind. Um, so I am working on another project, uh, which is we are going to dip our toe in the fifth edition pool and see what that looks like. Um, I'm definitely more of a old school guy, but I have an abundance of friends who are um, really good 5e writers. Uh, so uh, I've got some material that I'm working on. I'm hoping to have a Kickstarter late first quarter, early second quarter next year. Mm -hmm. um, but something that I personally learned when I did the Masticator Gate. So my whole career as an artist, right, you're... I'm chasing these these artists, you know, uh, Elmore and Easley and, 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 you know, Lockwood and the more modern stuff, right? And I'm like, oh, that's fantasy art. That's what fantasy art is, right? And what I learned from the Masticator Gate is I can throw all of that crap out the window. I love those artists, but that's not me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a tradition, like I'm a mixed media uh, mixed medium traditional art artist so I do like a lot of weird collage and texturing and stuff like that and doing the mass the art in the masticator gate was the most fun that I've ever had working on one of my own projects which is one of the reasons it took literally three times longer than it, it was supposed to because I was just having fun and I was just like this is how I want to do it this is how I'm going to do it um so I'm going to use that approach on my 5e stuff. So even though it is 5e, I'm not going to try to clone what Wizards of the Coast is doing. Not in writing style, not in graphic presentation. Like, uh, my intention is to go kind of insane. So um, I think I'm going to keep it in the square format, just sort of as the skeleton key signature. But... Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be sort of like, remember those like old time life books, like fairies, giants, something like those. that, except, except like merged with like a punk zine aesthetic, uh, is kind of what I'm going to go for so that I can sit here literally turned around at this desk and pasting my stuff down and painting and splattering ink and, uh, living my best life. Uh, and hopefully making some stuff that people are going to think is, is pretty cool. Uh, so uh, our next Kickstarter will likely be for this 5e thing, although every once in a while I get a crazy idea and just kind of cuts in front of everything. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. But the first, the first book I want to do is, I'd say, about 80% written. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to see, see, see what it looks like, but... If it goes well, should be a series, and it should be a subject matter and a presentation, once again, that no one has seen before. I don't want to give it away, but the, the way we're approaching it is it can be a series, but um, it's not like your typical splat book or whatever. It's, it's going to be more, uh, I don't even know the word for it, <laughs> more, more skeleton key, I guess. There you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell folks if they have a curiosity about um, about anything that we're talking about here, um, there's a couple of places that you've given us as links to go. Uh, you can head to SkeletonKeyGames.com 
Um, also, you can just go follow Skeleton Key Games on Kickstarter. Um, and your product's up on DriveThruRPG. Yes, um, we are, we're on Twitter, at SK Games. Um, I am terrible at Twittering, so you'll get insights <laughs> when I think about it. Um, and then we're, we're also, you know, you can follow us on Facebook and a Instagram page, which is the one I'm really trying to get better at, at using since all of our stuff is so, has such a, in my opinion anyway, a visual impact. Um, so, yeah, we got the typical socials out there. Right on. Right on. Give us a shot. Absolutely. I, I would say that if you're wanting a real insight into Masticator Gate or, or your art style, um, you've got a lot of previews, a lot of visuals up on drive-thru. Um, so that'll give people yes. a really good uh, preview of, of what they've got uh, in store for them. Which is I, I nice. want to... I, I want to do some, I'm going to do some, um, probably a marketing video for it that I will also link on DriveThru because one of the things I learned from places like GameholeCon and we did Origins is that when I take the deck and the book and I show, literally show how they interact together, we had people, I'm not doing this, going like, <laughs> like, like, I, they were doing that motion. I'm like, okay, well, I need to be. I need to do better at showcasing mm. this interaction mm. and this little combo that we've created. So I, I want to do a kind of a marketing video to get out there and, and link to the product pages and stuff, and just throw up on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere that I can possibly think of. Yeah, um, I because think it, I think it... it's more than just a book, right? Like there, there mm -hmm. is. You can play with it. You can literally play with it. It's great. And and I think that's an important thing to note here as we're wrapping up, because um, we are the podcast that costs you money. Um, mm. And if you are interested in Masticator Gate, um, you're very clear on the drive through page, but I'll just reiterate to the people that um, this is something that requires the deck to go along with it, um, by and large. So if you're going to get yes. the full use and ha have the cards to complete the monsters that play out the throughout the adventure you're going to need both for sure awesome. it, it, it it's it you can do it but you, you definitely want the full experience absolutely all right uh john and troy anything that i'm missing here that you want to run by him uh, run by ed before we uh wrap up uh i other than you know if if you're listening to this or if you're watching this and you haven't checked out the website yet you need to the the masticator gate is looks like it's just absolutely insane and very murkborgy i mean the the crazy fonts and the colors and the the lopsided uh, stuff it just it fits it looks like something that, that they put out it it was fun taking an almost like 30 year graphic design career and just chucking all the rules out the window <laughs> oh i can imagine it's like it, it looks like it's such a freeing concept the whole i mean everything it's everything so Morkborg is just so gonzo and it looks like it would just be something that you could just i'm just going to do whatever comes to mind whatever feels good and it, and it really kind of comes off the page at you it's punk, man. It's it's totally punk, and it totally it's is like punk. You know, even if you don't get it, 
even if you're like, I don't like how they position this section of the wording, it doesn't matter because it's that's the point. You don't have to like all of it because it's it's just it's in your face. It's really cool. You you take this awkward function, but you make it look cool, mm-hmm. and somehow you accept its awkwardness. Yes, I guess. Yes, exactly. You just kind of like yeah. You have to like just take it all in. Just okay, give it <laughs> give it to me because you know the, the the couple pages you're like oh it doesn't work for me. You're gonna find a page right after that. It's just like oh my gosh. This is awesome. And the scrolls, the, the artwork on the scrolls is fantastic. I love it. Oh, I'm, I'm all about just more art. I, I don't know. I love the visuals. That's, that's oh. my jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, definitely Thank do, you. your, do yourselves a favor and check out Skeleton Key Games. You're going to find something you like. Excellent. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, Ed, for hanging out with us this evening. I really appreciate that's, the time. And uh, that's hopefully been a blast. we'll, we'll uh, catch up with you again at, at another convention sometime soon. Heck yeah. Right on. All right. We'll see y'all. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Have a great game, everybody. Yep. Stay safe out there. <laughs>